Like had that guy played drums in a band called Anti Flag. Now, uh, I, I must admit, I'm a big fan going, going uh, back many years. Oh, wow, thanks. And uh, one of the last times I saw you guys, probably the, the time before last, was in D.C. during the Bush era. Okay, yeah. Uh, so so uh, do, you, do you feel that uh, the way that politics are now with Trump and everything, do you think it's worse in the Bush era? Or do you think it's along the same lines? Um, it's worse and better in, in, in some ways because it's worse because Trump is such a complete... Uh, con artist and scammer and completely selfish and only worried about his own little tiny ego right. um, but the beauty of that is he's so incompetent that he can't get any real policies <laughs> through sure. so whereas Bush was not as intelligent and sort of a bumbling idiot people he allowed people around him to get really screwed up policies through right so that i guess so trump is a much i as a human being i think he's a, a horrible person i think george w bush was as a human being was flawed in many ways but isn't probably not as evil as trump is i i think trump is like has that little ego that just needs to be fed all the time. So, yeah, so uh, I think there's parts that are um, worse than Bush, and I think there's parts that are better than the Bush administration. Now, how has that played a role in the music that you're writing for the upcoming album? Well, it definitely has played a, yeah, we lived through 2016 presidential election and then the beginning part of the, um, the Trump presidency. So, yeah, that definitely is being filtered down into the record that we recorded last month. Yeah, it's uh, you can't live in this world without being exposed to these fucked up things that are going on in the world. Sure. Now, the uh, you had mentioned in another interview that I was reading that uh, you don't mention Trump on the album by name per se. Yes. But that some of the stuff is inspired by that. Yeah. How, how do you get how do you get around that and still get that message across? Well, because Trump is going to come and go, and it's it's not he, he's not that interesting other than the fact that he swindled the population. What is interesting is the fact that when he says these racist, bigoted, sexist things, it allows the other people in our world, in our population, to say, oh, it's okay to be a racist now because my, my president is a racist. So it's okay to grab women's pussies because Trump did it, and that's it, what he says he does. So um, your, your shitty uncle went from being a closeted racist to now he's an overt, outly spoken racist. And so that is what we're going to have to deal with over time. Trump is going to come and go. Uh, hopefully, once he's gone, we're going to get back on to climate change and get back to the Paris uh, uh, court. It's amazing to me the other day um, that when Putin is more progressive on climate than the American president, that's pretty. That's pretty fucked up. It's telling. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So those, I think that um, yeah, dealing with Trump specifically is not that interesting. Um, but the policy or the things that he is, how he's affecting the culture is much more interesting to us. Now, as, as a politically active band uh, from the very beginning all the way up until now, do you feel that uh, it's easier or harder as, as that type of band to get your, your message out there, to uh, reach people, to find an audience, things like that? It's, um, it's actually um, harder to find nuanced arguments because anti-flag is at its best when it sees an issue and sees how people are misinterpreting this issue 
like drone strikes. Um, in the last record, we talked about how Obama was using drone strikes. Sure. A drone strike in the media is rah, 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 we killed bad guys. But the reality is a drone strike is a terror weapon because the population knows that there's these drones flying over their head all the time. They don't know when they're going to strike. They don't know what's going to happen. Their their neighbor might get blown up. Their, um, their wedding might get blown up. These things happen. So it's much like us going to a music festival and having to think is there's going to be somebody there with a suicide vest on, which you know has been sure. happening in the UK and in in, uh, in Paris. So that in so in that sense, that's a a argument that most people in the U.S. are not thinking about that a drone strike is equivalent to a suicide bomber. With Trump, he is such a cartoon character of evilness that there's no nuance to it. It is just, he's a complete douche and everybody knows he's a douche. He says fucked up shit, everybody sees it. There's no nuance to that. So it's actually sort of hard to find those elements that are nuanced, that are that people don't already understand. And um, so it makes it a bit of a challenge, but there, you know, with Trump, there's always something to talk about. and and. With anti-flag, it's not a specifically about Trump or Bush or Obama or Clinton. It's about uh, Herbert Walker. It's about um, it's about um, finding the in fighting against the power that it, that they are creating. Because those people are going to come and go, but that power structure is always going to be there, and we need to always be fighting against that power structure. How do you feel that you've uh, evolved uh, musically uh, or or lyrically over the years? Uh, uh, now coming into another album. Um, when we were younger, we were angry at everything. Now we've found where the battle lines are and where we can have impact. Um, that is, I think, how we've changed lyrically and ideologically. Um, when we were young, we just fucking everything sucked, and we were gonna fight it all. Yeah. Now we're like, uh, everything still sucks, but we're not gonna have any impact on this. We might be able to have a little bit of impact on that, or that's interesting to talk about. Musically, we've played probably thousands of shows over the years, and we've just gotten better at being able to play music. We've gotten better at being able to find what is interesting, what chords go together better. Um, sure. Those are things you just learn. You're like, oh, that sucks. This sounds a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and just by doing it over and over and over again, you get you get better at it. Um, how does this uh, Warp Tour maybe compare to previous years that you guys have done? Um, at least so far. Yeah, uh, well, it compares in the way that bands like War on Women are here, bands like Sick of It All are here, um, Valiant Thor. Um, bands that are um, out there saying something interesting which is you know important to us um, the fact that we have um, nonprofits out here like PETA 2 or the um, Action for Animals are out here talking to young people about vegan or vegetarian lifestyle um, and uh, we also have um, organizations out here creating safe spaces where because what we found is that music festivals are um, places where predators go to um, attack mostly women but people in general so we've realized that over the years and uh, they've put um, 
um, tents out to help people deal with those things and to, and to, and to talk about even if it happened at Warp Tour you can go to these spaces if it happened to you at a def different environment these are professional people who deal with this type of thing that you can go and talk to so those those are pretty good what it what is not here which is good are the military isn't here which in the early 2000s Kevin would have the Marines here recruiting oh, and uh, hopefully they learned that their money was not very well spent here because people at Warped Tour were smart enough not to be joining the Marines. Now, uh, do you have any particular favorite uh, memories over the years of Warped Tour? Uh, any, any shows that stuck out to you? One of my favorites was, um, uh, might have been 2009 or somewhere in there, the, uh, the Buzzcocks were on Warped Tour, and that was has always been one of my favorite bands. So it was awesome to, A, be able to stand in the line getting food with them and chat with them a little bit, but also to see them play and uh, be on stage and be able to sing along, and that, that was one of my favorite Warped Tour moments. Nice. What uh, I uh, one of the things that our site talks about a, a lot is the uh, the local music scene. In yes, uh, and you guys are out in Pittsburgh, so yes. you know a few hours That's from local. here, but That's yeah, it's, per, it's yeah. pretty local. How how is the, how has the uh, Pittsburgh scene uh, uh, changed over the years? Is it still similar, or uh, is it different for you guys playing there? Now? Well, it's it's very different, um, and I have to say that um, I'm not as involved in local scene as, as we once were, just because we travel so much, and when we come home, if you've been playing shows for three months, you don't want to go home and go to a show. It's sure. Just not, not what you want to do. Um, but one of the things that's interesting to me about the local music communities that was very powerful for us was that we listened to music as young people and we're like, that's fucking awesome. But then when you go and you see somebody you know playing that music, that breaks that barrier. They're like, oh, it's not just gods who can write songs. The jackass from down the street can write songs. Yeah. He might write shitty songs, but he's writing songs. <laughs> he can play guitar. Yeah. And so that that idea of breaking that barrier from it has to be on the radio by these untouchable people to it's the guy down the street who is making this music and therefore if he can do it I can do it and he's singing songs about bullshit that I don't agree with but I can sing songs about something that's interesting to me and we are able to create music in our own image and that is the important part of local communities of music and then Hopefully, at that point, even though that jackass sings weird songs that you don't believe in, you can trade shows. You can put together uh, what we did when we were young is we'd uh, rent out um, uh, church basements or um, go to the university and get rooms and put on shows, um, just rent a PA and put on our own shows. And that was a step in saying we don't need to wait for a club to allow us to play. We can create our own our own music community, we can create our own songs and create our own we start putting out records and all those things are what local communities are about. Then you able to take that and you're like, oh, we know these kids in State College. Let's go and play a show at State College and then we'll bring them to Pittsburgh. So that local scene, especially punk rock, is very important because that's where we all got our um, ideology from, our all, where we all became aware of that we could play music and, and have fun playing music. So I am a firm believer of local scenes and specifically with punk rock, 
that is where all these bands came from at some point. Are, are, were there, are there any uh, Pennsylvania bands in the past or now that have inspired you personally? That well, the Menzingers are fucking awesome. They're, uh, they're, they're right from yeah, here. Yeah, actually, yeah. And the, yeah, there's a lot. And there's uh, The Code from Erie, um, who um, they're one of the bands we had on AF Records. Yeah, there's, and then from out back in our generation, Submachine and Osrotten were uh, bands from Pittsburgh. The Bad Jeans were bands that. Um, were part of our um, Pittsburgh music community, so yeah, it's it's pretty amazing the um, the bands that have been that have come from Pittsburgh from Pennsylvania that have uh, had national and international success. Uh, what, what do you what do you think is the uh, the, the future of uh, the music scene in Pennsylvania? Do you, do you see uh, more of those kind of DIY shows coming about? Absolutely, and I'll t and I'll tell you why Pennsylvania is unique for. Um, creating a style of music that is DIY because nobody goes to Pittsburgh to find the next big thing. That just doesn't exist. All of us from Pittsburgh, and I, this is true for the Menzingers and all of us, is that we started from Pit, our small towns and realized that there wasn't a, a infrastructure for music in our small town. So we moved away from that small town and played shows in Detroit, Cleveland, New York City, all over the place. And uh, that was what allowed all of us to be successful. Excuse me one second. Sure. Hey honey, I'm in the middle of an interview. Can I call you back? Yeah, love you, bye. <laughs> we don't see your wife for a long time. She gets precedence over uh, the interview. <laughs> oh, I, I bet. <laughs> so, uh, what's next for you guys? So, next for us is um, uh, we're gonna after this tour go home, uh, feed the goldfish, kiss the wife, and then go to Europe for festivals. Come home from that, um, start ramping up for the release of the new record, and the new record comes out uh, sometime in the mid to late fall, and then just do it all over again. Continue to play music. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's awesome. Well it. done. Good questions. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yep.